Founders Podcast, and I'm your host, Siobhan. And you know we are here to connect the dots for women filmmakers. We want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. For creatives, by creatives, location lots. Wish you could find production staff that's professional and easy to work with. Do you lose a lot of time trying to find the perfect location? Then you'll love Location Lot, a peer-to-peer marketplace that offers filmmakers and content creators like yourself the opportunity to book locations and services needed for your next big project or event. Location Lot can also help spread the word about your next open photography session or casting call. It's a win-win. Visit LocationLock.com today and get started. And today I have the pleasure of sitting and chatting with Carolyn. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Siobhan. I, I really appreciate you asking me to do this. Thank you. So everybody knows we're season three. We're back and I'm doing something because I'm so random <laughs> where we do this or that. So I'm going to ask you a question and you have to choose one of the words. So for the first one, tea or coffee? Definitely tea. Me too. (laughs) Snow or rain? Oh, rain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I like to look at the snow, but I don't want to be in it. No, I'm allergic to snow. I call myself the snow Grinch. I understand. Beach or the pool? Oh, beach, beach, beach. Producer or director? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, I've done more producing than I have directing, but I really enjoy directing. But you're going to make me force, I'd say, <laughs> directing. <laughs> I have one, I'll say directing. Okay. And I don't know if you watch either of these shows, but I'm going to try. Uh-huh. This Is Us or Blackish? This Is Us. Okay. Yes. I love both. I was trying to think like, what would I choose? I love both. <laughs> I like both too. I like, yeah, I, I like both. But, but I like uh, This Is Us is, is uh, creatively just, I like a lot more. Yeah, it's such a good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. I love the way they jump around in time and space. It's, it's really quite clever and, and brilliant. It is. Okay, so I always do research because I'm a research junkie. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was looking and I saw that you picked up your first camera at the age of seven. One, wow. what was that like? And then what gave you the push to do so? Well, um, uh, I, I was always kind of like the techie kid, you know, little kid. You know, I grew up on a farm. I'm from North Carolina. And uh, having a lot of time in the woods as a little kid, you have to, especially in the 60s and 70s, you know, before the Internet, you have to kind of make up your own play. And um, there wasn't a lot of technology around then, obviously, as there is now. And um, I watched a lot of television. And uh, my cousins used to visit from the Bronx. And they got, had these Polaroid cameras. And I would follow them around and stuff and just became fascinated with cameras. And long story short, I think I took my mother's brownie one day. And uh, just, I was just fascinated with, first of all, the technology of the camera, you know, as a little kid. But then also taking pictures and capturing um, images and capturing people and places and things. Um, I'm sure you researched, we'll get to the re- pre- people, places and things if you've done your research well. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, just 
yeah, fell in love with taking pictures and, and um, have done so ever since. So the, my very first picture um, was of my little brother, who was at the time one. And um, I just ran around and chased my cousins and great-great-grandmother and everybody I could find to take pictures of them, you know. And, uh, yeah, just capturing images. So how did that then push you into the space you are now? Because I see that you went to NYU for the Dramatic Writing and Film Program. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that I've noticed for women who, well, it's been kind of half and half that's been on the show. They've either had no support from their family or they've had overwhelming support. Did your family support you as a creative? Um, not really. I mean, a lot of creatives, I'm sure people relate to, uh, they don't understand what you do, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, coming from a very working class um, background culture. Um, if you got a job working, you know, at the plant, you know, getting time and a half and overtime, you know, uh-huh. that was like the best you were expected to do. In fact, I wrote this essay in my book uh, about learning how to type and the culture changed just in learning how to type um, from jumping to, from a farm to a factory to an office, how that changed people's lives, you know, and the lives of, of their, you know, kids going forward. So um, it wasn't so much, I think, that my family didn't support me as much as they just didn't understand, you know, right. um, you know what it was. So then I know that you went to NYU. What was your experience there? How did that propel you or prepare you for writing and then filmmaking? Um, it was great at the time because this was in the early 80s. And so, again, it was before the technology we have today. Um, one thing I still appreciate it, and I tell my clients and students now, is just watching movies. And, and this was, again, New York in the early 80s. So there were still rep, rep houses, you know, that had old movies. And now you can find them online. But at the time, you know, it was going to these um, old movie houses and getting to see old films, you know, the older Scorsese films or the, you know, Nate, you know, the foreign films, the, you know, Bertolucci films. And so that was something that uh, was at the time, that was the culture of just learning from older filmmakers. And I still encourage everybody who wants to direct. I mean, years later when I um, lived in Nashville um, and a lot of the libraries, um, other libraries around the country have, amazing film libraries and just go in there and dig and watch old movies and that's what um you know we were encouraged to do at NYU and um also just living in New York at that time it was so vibrant you know it was like the Warhol era the Keith Haring era you know Basquiat cross paths with there were just a lot of really great artists um around at that time and um you know, watching the movies, you know, learning how my, our first screenwriting teacher, he said, I think the first day of class, he says, I can't teach you how to write, I can guide you. Um, mm-hmm. And then giving us assignments to, to, to practice, you know, writing. You said a mouthful. I'm over here like, I have so many questions now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, to rewind a bit, because what you said about watching movies, because I went and I got my MFA in screenwriting. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that they continue to keep telling us, like, watch movies, watch movies. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> um, do you feel like because we are such in the era of social media that people have this instant gratification of I can be the best screenwriter after like two days? 
Yes, same thing with filmmaking. Everybody with a camera now thinks they're Spike Lee or, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 or, or whoever. And, and it's really, really, really about creating a foundation for yourself. I mean, I, I, I can't say this enough. Bold, highlight it, you know, put some emojis around it. Watch <laughs> movies. Just watch. Go back in the 70s. Film. Just Google films made in ni- from 19, like, 19, I'd say 19... 64 until 1973 like go in there and watch every movie you can find you know even before that you know the Billy Wilder movies I mean I mean there weren't a lot of you know black women or um black men that were there but you you learn from every and anybody you can you know it's storytelling it's visual storytelling I mean Martin Scorsese talks about this all the time I mean and and I can't stress enough um, to just go in and learn and watch those movies and watch those, the craft of those filmmakers, you know, everybody, you know, just watch and watch and watch and learn and learn and learn, you know, and then, then apply your own personal story, the story you want to tell, because craft is craft, you know? Mm-hmm. So do you think that's where the issue is that we have a weak foundation? And then what are some things that you feel like are like you need to have together as a filmmaker? Like hmm. that's a good question um again i you know watching movies and 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 when watching those movies one of the exercises that uh actually i didn't learn in film school but again i tell my clients and one of my writing partners um hit me to this it's a thing you know it's breaking down a film and because now you do have the internet you can google and find pretty much any screenplay you know actually there's this um site called simplyscripts.com mm-hmm. you know has a lot of screenplays on there so take the screenplay in hand and sit down and watch the movie for it and watch it scene for scene and um and do it 25 times at least um 25 different movies do one movie four or five times you know until you understand the pacing how they put it on the page you know and um that's how you learn you know um you can learn in film school you can you know go to class i mean i personally don't tell my students and clients i, I work independently i was like if you're going to spend four hundred thousand dollars you know and give it to nyu <laughs> spend that four hundred thousand dollars and make a movie with it yes listen you know i tell people i'm thankful that i went to school but listen if i could do it again i wouldn't just because i spent so much money yeah yeah it's true and depending upon what you want to do i mean you look at you know these youtube i call them the youtube kids you know they're making millions of dollars they're not even out of high school some of them and i'm not saying anybody should go do that you know just rely on that i'm not saying that but i'm saying like there are tools out there that can provide you a living once you learn craft and 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 skill you know and that takes going back to the basics right so once you graduated from school did you know what was next like did you have a plan because I tell people like a teacher they know automatically I'm going to go apply to go work at a school and it's not that black and white with us so did you have a plan no and and my story is is quite the trajectory um i didn't graduate from film school i ran out of money i was like and then i didn't um you know again you asked me about my family you know my mom was on welfare at the time mm-hmm. and we were just po. <laughs> and that's just the truth and you know back then there were no digital cameras there you know mm-hmm. so i dropped out of school and i was blessed enough to get a job working at warner brothers um and back to you know knowing how to type having basic you know typing skills and mm-hmm. 
was very um, blessed again to work in marketing and advertising. So uh, I started there. I ran fire screenings, you know, so I had to watch like Superman with Richard Pryor five times. I had to watch, you know, Chariots of Fire five times, you know, because I'm running the movie. So, you know, you, I got to, to watch films and study them and um, then got subsequent job, you know, in development, running a story department for an indie company called Cinecom. Um, back in the 80s. And so my education, um, a lot, my personal education came from doing, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when I was in film school, I made short shorts, you know, um, mm-hmm. for assignments, you know, and learned the language. Um, but as far as business knowledge and learning how the larger story worked for feature films, it was from, uh, yeah, it started out watching movies. And then, okay, so I saw that you got into the advertising and then you continued to move up. So how did you end up on the producing end? And do you, tell us, like, do you love producing? What do you love about it? Because you have a lot of background in producing. Yeah, I love producing. Yeah, my first um, official producing capacity is I moved to L.A. Um, from New York in 92, 93, and was looking for a job. I, I moved out there with my, my daughter was seven and um, was just beating the pavement looking for work and got a job working, you know, was Danny Glover's um, production company, running his production company, development person, you know, and reading. And so um, getting, it was all about, you know, going, getting films made and, and, you know, reading material scripts, getting submitted, you know, as I did, you know, at Cinecom and, so I did a film with um, Wesley Snipes and uh, Jasmine Guy and Danny called America's Dream for HBO. It was a trilogy of short stories. And that was my first film um, as a producer. And what I love most about producing is it's like a, being a, a CEO of a company. You get to you know, work with so many other creative people, the different departments. In this case, I had three directors, Paris Barkley, Kevin Sullivan, and Bill Duke, and the actors, Lorraine uh, Toussaint, and Susanna Thompson, Jasmine Guy, you know, Wesley, you know, and and just the assembly of of people together and creating that harmony on the set and working with the directors to help them bring their best vision and the writers, you know, even though I'm a writer myself, I like working with writers and getting them to bring out the best on the page because if it ain't on the page it ain't on the stage you know mm-hmm. on the screen um and so that's i, li- I like because it's people because when you're writing you know I, I write more than i produce these days but when you're writing you're by yourself you know and i like the community you know when you're mm-hmm. producing you know because you're always around people and in- interacting with people and and like i said really bringing helping everybody to do their best job, you know, hiring the right. best people and letting them, you know, bring their best gift to the, to the, to the project. So you, do you believe your experience with being able to like work at Warner brothers and then, okay, you leave and you go to California. Do you ex- think your experience prior helped you to be able to be a producer? Because you didn't, you jump like straight into like heavy producing. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> wow. I don't know if we have time. <laughs> that. But um, everything helps, you know, in producing every every life skill, every life event, yeah, especially the, the, the tragic one. Um, everything every, you do, you everything in your life is going to help you with producing because in, in our highlight boldness, put emojis around it again, <laughs> producing people skills it's all about 
people skills. I mean, once you get your script set, you're locked because again, all day long, you're interacting with people and you have to be diplomatic. You have to be kind. You have to be loving. It's like Michael Jackson said, and this is it with the love, with the love. Mm -hmm. You may not feel like the love all the time, but just got to come out of your mouth with the love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so everything um, you experience in your life, both professionally and personally, is going to help you with producing. So during that time, did you ever feel like you didn't know what you were doing? Uh, early on, I did. Because like you said, yeah, I did, you know, leap from zero to 60. Yeah, you know, I did. I, did. I, I leapt from zero to 60. And you, again, if you got good people skills, it, and that's what, what I'm saying, even as I'm thinking about it, as I'm talking to you right now, if you have good people skills, you know how to navigate, you know how to ask questions, you know how to figure it out, you know, but if you're kind of coming from a place of, oh, I don't know, you know, or you're afraid and, and sadly, some people shift into bullydom when they get afraid that they don't know. It's, you don't do that. Don't do that. You don't have to be an asshole. You don't have to be mean. You know, just because you're afraid and don't know, you know, ask someone, Google, you know, today, 1995, we didn't have Google, right? You know, go in the corner with your iPhone and Google something if you don't know, you know, and, um, or ask someone, you know, um, so, um, so, so yeah, it's, there were times that I didn't know, but it was mainly in the professional kind of, you know, the, again, the people skills, a lot of anybody who's worked in Hollywood and knows there's a lot of politics. I think that was the hardest part for me was dealing with um, the, the politics of things, you know. And how has the politics changed for the better or for the worse from then to now? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, it's, it's changed a lot because just a, a, a ton more people of color, you know, working. Mm. I mean, it's, 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 there's been an amazing power shift. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's and a lot more voices, a lot more women. It's changed. I remember when, when I, you know, this is back in the nineties, what, 93, 90, 99, like 93 to 2000, 2001. It was only me, Deborah Martin Chase and Tracy Edmonds. That were the three black women that were running, you know, major companies, you know, Deborah Denzel and then later Whitney and Tracy was with Kenny Babyface and, you know, our own. Um, and so we were it, you know, and, wow. you know, Stephanie Elaine, you know, was kind of in there too when she did Boys in the Hood. Um, but, um, that was just us. That was it, you know? And so now you look everywhere. I mean, I was trying to hire some money on a project a few months ago. I couldn't find a black female showrunner because everybody was working, you know, it's like, wow. every, thank God everybody had a job. You know, um, so it's changed a lot in the last, you know, 10, 15, but no, in the past five years, it's changed drastically, you know? Right. Okay. To shift gears a little bit, let's go to your writing. Mm. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, I can already tell you love writing. That's, that's <laughs> <love>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Um, and, um, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. You know, um, I call myself a jote, a Janet of all trades. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know. Um, but I, I like writing, I like screenwriting a lot. And I just got hired this summer to adapt a book into a five episode audio drama series, you know, with the podcast. And that's, that's, you know, blowing up right now. And I've been, you know, toying around, actually not toying around. Actually, I got the gig. I did it. And I wrote a book a few years ago, a memoirs of people, places and things, Influentia. 
Um, and so I like writing prose and I'm getting ready to do an audio book of that, of, you know, podcast of that, you know, of, of story essays. And so, um, I, I like writing different things. I journal a lot. I've journaled since I was like, you know, 17, 18 years old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just getting on the page, but you know what I've discovered recently? And there's a couple other people I've talked this about too. people that have iPhones, you know, the voice memos is the new, you know, journaling. But I love paper and pen. Like it doesn't doesn't feel the same for me when I, when, when yeah. I start voice to know, or like it's just like, oh, okay, and I'll forget about it. But like my journal, I'll see my handwriting. Yeah, I'll go yeah. back and look at it. That's true. Yeah, I like it too. I put, but my brain moves moves a lot faster, you know, than my hands do. I think now. Mm-hmm. But the voice memo, I I like a lot because first of all, you can just pick it up, you know. Especially if you have a night, like a scene comes yeah. to you. Like the other day, I had a scene. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, um, talk the scene into, um, <laughs> into my thing. And, um, it just, it, it's quicker and I just am more candid with that too, because yeah, it's just a matter of speed, you know, mm-hmm. and being, having the technology, you know, be able to hit voice notes and record, you know, and go back. But then I thought the other day, Lord, if I ever lose my phone. I know. Well, you know what you can do? <laughs> I can, can I, you know, you I got, you know, nobody could get in there. Yeah. Nobody could get in there, you know, but yeah. it's like, Lord, I've got so much stuff in there. I <laughs> never want anybody to hear, you know. okay so take us through your process because i do know that you are adapting a book right now i say finish that um color of hope yeah Yeah, color of hope i i actually got a director on board and a casting Mm -hmm. director and we're about to start putting that together i've got a rewrite due okay on that one so um i haven't started yet but uh my process I don't know. It's, you know, when you're adapting, it's, it's, it's the one lesson I was told I still work on when it comes to adapting a book into a script for a film is that it's a movie. You've got to turn this, this, this um, book into a visual form, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the, the hardest job I ever had in my life is the one I got last summer when I was doing the book into an audio drama series because you I I, I'd been writing for you know over 20 years visually Mm -hmm. and then I get hired to write um just um audio and so you can't you know when audio you you can only have like two to three people in one scene you know nobody can see anything so you got to be mindful of that you've got to move the story and you know just the voice of someone so that was a really 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 big challenge to do that was the hardest gig so it depends upon the project the process you know um when i'm writing in my original stuff um it usually starts with a situation or a character you know um but it, i was i came thought of something and then visuals kind of start started to come i was thought of an idea first idea i had in a in a while you know that i really i might write i yeah anyway um and uh I, you know, because I want to write a low, low budget film, a really like no budget, like, you know, really, okay. really it, cheap film. And, and then the first thing that came to me was location where, because, you know, you know, location is money. So I'm like, where could I set this, you know, that, you know, location, you know, I was like, oh, outside, you know, mm-hmm. on the street, you know, on the road, you know, road picture, somebody walking down the road, you know, so who's on this road, you know, what's mm-hmm. the conflict? How are we going to, you know, get the characters, you know, how do you join with the other side, you know, so. It, again, it depends, you know, the process, it's um, situation or event 
or but a lot of times character a lot of times i'm i'm motivated i think my one my strongest point is um character and voice okay you know and so if i hear someone's voice you know like a line of dialogue that they'll say i'll like ooh okay where's that going to lead me you know um why did they say that you know mm-hmm. what's about this character what's what's they and i studied acting years ago too and Uta Hagen, she has this wonderful book called Respect for Acting, mm. and I highly recommend it. And she has something in there called the, I think it's sensory exercise, and she asks the questions, um, what do you want? What do you, what is it? Oh, my God, I'm sorry. Um, what do you want? What do you do to get it? What do you want? What do you, what do you, yeah, what do you want? What do you do to get it? How, how do you get it? Yeah, it's like three, these three questions. I can't remember what the third one, but mm-hmm. it's a process of conflict, of discovering conflict. And so I brought that to my writing. It's like, um, where you go, what do you want? What do you do? What are you going to do to get it? Mm-hmm. You know, and who's keeping it from you? You know, like what, what's the things, you know, right. the obstacles, you know, and what? Those are good questions. Mm-hmm. So uh, tying that all together, because that's your, the writing hat and we've discussed a little bit about your producing hat. So you also direct. How is that process different than from your writing and producing? Because it is like, I, I tell everybody, like, I love it. It makes me happy. I love writing. Mm-hmm. Writing is like, okay, you're by yourself. You have to mm-hmm. be my frame. So mm-hmm. what do you do then to prepare to direct and not necessarily your project, but other people's projects? That's a good question. I've only directed, you know, one, two, three pieces that are narratives in the past uh, few years. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I've done a couple docs. I've done more documentary kind of corporate work the last few years, like bread and butter, you know, feed your, food, feed your projects, you know. Right. Um, so um, I, I want to direct more. I really want to direct more working with actors because I love actors so much. Ever since I was a little kid, you know, when I wanted to be an actor and I studied acting, um, I just love actors um, so much. And for, to see them and, and help them bring performances to life um, is just the most exciting thing. One of the most exciting things to me. And um, I was just telling a friend of mine last night, I hadn't spoken to a long time, that I, had, I got hired to direct a music video when I lived in Nashville a few years ago. And an actress didn't show up, you know, and so I had to jump in the scene. You know, I had to play the mom that had just lost her husband. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, went into makeup and wardrobe and, you know, put the wig on, all that stuff. And, and jumped in front of the camera and I had to play this scene where the doctor comes out and tells me my husband died and I just, you know, crumbled in my son's, you know, arms and stuff and, and take one, take two. And I remember jumping, in, you know, back and looking at the camera, looking at the take, you know, to see how it looked. And I remember this moment where I just felt like, I don't know, you know, like I, it was the, the, the biggest moment of satisfaction I think I've ever had in my entire life. Um, to be in both places and be in both worlds, you know, to direct and, and, and jump and see and, you know, um, to fulfill both talents, you know, mm-hmm. um, for myself, you know, it didn't matter that, you know, it was not a feature. It didn't matter that, you know, um, whatever it was, it was just, it brought me personally such satisfaction to, to do both things. 
you know, um, and uh, again, it was that process of getting into character that I really, ha I hadn't done it in a long time. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. I enjoyed, you know, that those few moments of, of doing that. I think that's good. And then it, it brings me to the point of where you also now uh, have a have a business where you have clients. So mm. tell us about that. And then why did you decide to do that? Oh yeah, it's um I have a site it's called digmevision.com and um what I I did again I was living in Nashville and uh and again a lot of it it came from my friends calling me up Carolyn what should I do you know I got to do a contract Carolyn you know what should I do you know about this what should I do about that what do you think you know read my synopsis read my this read my that and so I was like, shoot, I need to make money. I should get paid. But, but right. also, too, it was like I just had – I realized I have done pretty much every job there is in the industry. I've worked in business affairs. And, when I, and I, you know, did marketing, advertising. I, you know, produced, write, direct, you know, and now podcasting. I'm like, I've done – I have so much information to share, you know. So I'm like, why don't I share? And there's so many people, like we kind of started with, you know, that don't have that foundation and don't have – um, or understand, you know, so I started, you know, with um, this, and I still do a class. I'm actually, if you're in the New York area, I, I, I'm teaching a class called The Real Pitch at IFP um, in Brooklyn um, in March, um, three weeks in March. Um, if you go to ifp.org, um, you can get information on it. But what it is, it's called The Real Pitch, and it's three weeks, and I, and my approach is I um, start the pitch, like, people don't realize they start pitching from the minute they finish their script. And so that intro email to the buyer and a buyer is whether it's an agent, whether it's a studio exec, whether it's an actor you want to be in your, they're all buyers because you have to pitch them and convince them to be a part of the film in the way that you want them to be or need them to be, whether it's a financer again or an actor or director, if you're just a writer or a producer that can help you get money, you're pitching. You got to know how, what to say to them in that email You've got to know, you know, and how to connect with them in that email. How do you establish a rapport? You know, once you send that email, what's the log line look like that's going to engage them in that email? You only have, you know, a few lines. You know, people don't even read that many emails these days, sadly. You know, and from there, you know, um, and writing the right synopsis, how, you know, to write a description that tells what the story is in, in enough words, the longer or the shorter, the 100 word, the 25 word, 300 word, you know, and then what does your lookbook look like or the deck? You know, people are looking for decks now, you know, especially with web series and looking just for financing or, you know, um, your video. What is your, your, your ask video, your, your crowdfunding video versus your mood reel if you're the director, you know? It's like, what are those visuals? How do you tell your story with that, you know? And then the live pitch. If you're going to pitch an executive, if you're going to pitch a buyer, if you go, you know, an, a, a financer, if you're going to pitch an actor, like, what do you say? You know, what, there's different things you need to say to different people, you know? So that's what the course is that I teach now, you know, and consult with people on um, privately right now. And I'm getting ready to launch this um, semi-private thing where I take four people at a time and work with them. Um, and, um, just help them, you know, develop those skills, you know, that, that, um, help them, you know, get money, get what they need to, to bring the project to fruition. I need to come to your class. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll send you info on the web, the webinars, the, the, the um, semi-privates are going to be webinars. So anybody, anywhere, it's like four people. I'm going to, you know, we'll jump on Google um, groups, uh, Google Hangouts or Zoom, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to start doing those on like a few couple of nights a week. Yeah. With people. Yeah. I think that's really good. And I definitely believe it's needed because like the women that follow, I think that a lot of people are not succeeding because they, and I'm not saying it to be mean, but because they're ignorant. Like they, it's don't. true. You're absolutely right. They just don't know what yeah. to say. You're, and that's why I started doing this. That's exactly why, because it's what it's, you can finish the script. They teach you in school or whatever. You can yeah. finish the script. You can finish the short movie, but what do you say when you get up in a room mm -hmm. and or get in front of somebody to get, you know, more money or to get, you know, what you need? People, people are ignorant. They don't know what to say. And it's no fault of their own. Right. I mean, like I was just saying a minute ago, I mean, there's finally people of color working. And I've been doing this so long, I can't tell you the times I was the only black person, black mm -hmm. woman in, in rooms, mm -hmm. you know. And how do you, if you're not in the room, how do you know what to say? Right. You, know? you don't. You don't. Right. You don't. You have no idea. Well, I'm yeah. glad that you're doing that. I think that's a really good thing to do uh, because people just, yeah, I think if people know, then they're just better prepared. Definitely. Definitely better prepared. And, and they know to be prepared because yeah. I think that a lot of times, I mean, and that's the, the other reason, obviously, too, I, I chose to start consulting and teaching you know, independently was because I'd been buyer and pitcher, but in my time as buyer, one of the things I say to my students is that I'll hear a great, I'll read a great synopsis, I'll read a great script. And this was true when I was in development, I was working at Cinecom and working with Danny, you know, and running Carrie Productions, working with Danny, was that I would read a great script. I would read a good script, I'd hear, I'd read a synopsis, but I was, there were just times where I was not convinced that the director or person pitching me this project could pull it off. It was, they didn't know what to say to convince me, why am I gonna go to my execs to pitch a $3 million movie? I, I'm not convinced that if I gave you $3 million or $100,000, whatever the amount, that you could bring me back a great movie. Wow. You know, so people need to understand that's huge. There's a huge gap. But then and then you understand you look at all the bad movies that get made, you know, yeah. like Sharknado. Like, I want to be in that pitch meeting. I wish I could have been in that pitch meeting. Like, what did that cat say to yeah, convince to people that that was a great idea? I mean, it turned out to be good. But you, and that's what I think about sometimes when I see films, I was like, Wow, what did he say <laughs> to, get, to get somebody to cut him a check, man? Whoa. That's funny. That's the truth, though. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> so what is next for you? Like, where do you see yourself going? What do you want to do? Because you have a very, like, you have a very colorful creative life so far already. Where do you see yourself going next? Wow. It is 3.25 Eastern Standard Time, Monday, January the 21st, 2019. For me here doing this, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously. I mean, there's a part of me that doesn't know. I mean, no, I'm right now. Well, my next project I'm, I'm praying will be um, The Color of Hope is... Um, mm -hmm. Uh, project I'm I'm working with director actor producer Michael T Williamson um, most people know from Forrest Gump but mm -hmm. uh, what's in Fences and he's directing I'm so excited he's he's brilliant brilliant 
you know, person. And I worked with him and known him for a very long time. So I'm very excited about that. And working with him on a couple more things, too. He's got a couple of projects coming down the pipeline. So that would be as um, writer-producer. Yeah, you know, I'll be producing that with him directing. And, um, and um, I want to get back in the direct. I, I would like to, um, I, I'm, I'm toying around. I'm really toying around with, with the acting thing a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, 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 um, and directing, you know, because it's like, I, I've been thinking a lot about, I, I recently lost my sister and um, just, just not even a month ago. Actually, it just has been a month. It, it has been, you know, actually just over a month. And she was a little younger than me. And, of course, when you lose someone close to you, you think of your own mortality. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, what do I want to have done or look back on or have your legacy? You know, at our age, we think of what's, what's the legacy and what do you, you know, want to look back on and have no regrets about. So I think a lot now about that, like, what are the things that I want to do that... I, I, you know, on my deathbed at hope maybe 90, hopefully, you know, a long time, right. you know, like to look back and say that I did that, you know, I did that. I won't have any regrets. You know, I did that. Mm -hmm. um, and that would, one of the things would be to, to really fulfill that acting bug, you know, um, that, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's the, the writing, the prose writing with the audio stuff. Um, I've, I'm getting ready to, you know, work on my book. So there's, there's you know, a lot of, things um yeah and 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 the great thing about today again back full circle to technology mm -hmm. is that you can do with an iphone you can do everything you know okay. i'm just writing getting ready to do my actually in my release i'm getting ready to do for these classes i'll put you on the list um i write with an iphone you can shoot a movie mm -hmm. you can compose a song you can write a story you can record a podcast with that one device you, you can. know you can, you can, you can. So that's the, that's the good news. That's the great, great news is that um, you don't need permission from anybody to do anything and neither do you need to limit your own talents. You know, you can, it's about telling a story, you know, a new class I'm actually about to part put with the pitching. I'm adding a new class is called story alchemy. And what that is, it's uh, a class where a workshop, you know, where I, I talk, teach and, and, and coach people how to turn, you know, different stories. Like, for instance, if you have a short story, you turn it into a podcast. If you have a book, you know, turn that into, adapt into a movie. You have a podcast, you want to turn it into a TV series. It's like alchemizing and, and reimagining mm -hmm. the story to fit different um, platforms. You know, today we have so many. That's you know? really good. That's yeah. A good. Yeah, that's really good to look at it that way. Because I think, too, as filmmakers or even creatives we limit ourselves definitely definitely and and again i mean the whole thing that's happening with podcasting now it's huge and then you know again that's a platform they're begging people of color to come into because there's not a lot i mean you, i've gone to podcasting events in new york and it's just so sparse i mean it's getting better you know it's getting better but i would i would advise a lot of filmmakers if they can you know to to really research that podcasting space because i had a friend of mine in in um Nashville, who adapted her, um, actually, she started as a book, then she wrote it as a feature screenplay, then ended up turning it into an audio series, you know, this That's like, good. I think each episode was like 15 minutes or so, but she, she got to tell the story, it got right. out there. Right. You know, and that's what it's all about, getting your stories out there, you know, and 
So whatever it takes, like I said, you got an iPhone, you can do it, you know, many different ways. You can ways. do anything. You can do it many different ways. I mean, um, full disclosure, I used to work for Apple, but I'm not trying to pitch, you know, Apple No, no, no. It's brand, okay. It's I'm team, team. It's I'm team iPhone, team. so it's okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's just the truth. I mean, I don't have a, a Samsung, so I don't know what it does, you know. Right. I just know from my own experience of working with iPhone and iPad and you know, stuff. So, um, but yeah, you you can do all that with that one device. Yeah. So do you have any last like good words, one-liners, gems that you want to give ladies who are in filmmaking? Mm. Yeah, just, just do the thing. Don't be, you don't, you, you can do it all. I mean, I think, uh, I said to somebody the other day, um, Michelle Obama um, has paved this great wide open path as have, you know, again, we talked about all the filmmakers, you know, mm -hmm. um, that are out there, Ava D, you know, uh, Vic, uh, you know, going back to Casey Lemons, you know, they paved these great ways for us. But the one woman, the one person, I think that we just need to really just get in her lane and follow her is Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. Because what she has done um, with her book and her persona and her voice and position and wisdom and knowledge and brilliance and beauty is she's got the eyes of the world on her, you know, right now. Rightfully so, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't know anybody that doesn't have Becoming. I personally don't know anybody that doesn't have right. my book. And um, it's just amazing that the world has their eyes on her right now. And... I think that as her story is embraced, our story, she's cut a massive trail. I'm like choking up as I'm thinking about it. She's cut this amazing trail and opened this ginormous gate for us to follow um, in terms of getting our stories out there and being proud of our stories, you know, that are part of the American and world family. I'm sorry I'm choking up because it just means so much to me. No, it's okay. Um, what she's doing and what she's done um, as a woman in the world. You know, it's like you go to anywhere on the planet. People love this woman um, for who she is and what she is. And um, I just think that um, by virtue of action, she's given us permission as if, you know, we're needing it to, to validate in us and that we need to, to, to make her legacy greater by following suit. Mm -hmm. And telling our stories to the world. Don't limit it to America. Mm -hmm. To the world. I agree. That was good. She definitely has. Yeah, she has given so many women, girls, the permission yes. to yeah. like believe you can literally do anything and do yes. it your way and be yes. unapologetically you absolutely absolutely and and i think that we must embrace that 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 power and and that is our power and and, mm -hmm. and it's for all of us you know and mm -hmm. and um i think or i know it's been my i just had a conversation last night about you know quote unquote power mm -hmm. and um how that's another podcast, another episode about <laughs> times where I've had a fight, you know, because men didn't want me to express just truth, which is power, mm -hmm. you know, and some, you know, and so it, it has been hard, but here you have this woman of power that 
is just so graceful and the world is just embracing her. The planet mm -hmm. is just embracing her power and her beauty, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so glad that we got to chat. Me too. This has been fun. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. I hope you got out of it, got stuff out of it. I really did. If not for anybody else, which I know they did, I'm going <laughs> to so be in your class. And I'm so going to, because I'm, oh, I'm actually going to be in New York soon. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to reach out to you. Yeah. Let's grab, um, let me know when you come up and when we can have, well, I'm going to be, well, I'll be here through the end of March and, and, and I just got invited to do a class at speak at Fordham. So I'm going to see, um, what date that's going to be. So I'll be here until at least like the first week of April. I'm hoping to get out of here by then, honestly, okay. cause it's, yeah, this, I didn't think I was going to be here this winter. I've been trying to get back to LA for the last few months, but, um, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, but I'll be here until, till till April, beginning of April. So okay. yeah, definitely, you know, hit me up. Let's keep, let's keep in touch. Yes. And I definitely will still, don't forget to add me on your list because I'm taking Okay. Time. Okay. We'll do, we'll do. <laughs> and I'm going to email you on the side too. Like I have quite like questions. Okay. okay sure. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to help. Um, and then let everybody know who's listening, how they can keep in touch or get connected with you. It's um, digmevision at gmail.com. That's D-I-G-M-E-V-I-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. I'm also on Instagram at created by Carolyn. Um, a lot of my photos from my Nouns in the Road project photography stuff is up there. So um, yeah, that's the best way. Great. And I didn't know you were on Instagram, so we're going to follow you on there. Okay, great. Great. Y'all yeah, follow you back. <laughs> so everybody that's listening, you know my drill. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Go live your filmmaking dreams. And also make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and make sure that you leave comments and let us know anything that you need from us. And until next time.